dyslexia at the same time. What a loser. Come on, we don't need those kind of people in the world. They're dumb. They're the naughty kids. They're distracting. And come on, they're lazy. What is the point of them even going to school when they will never amount to much? Hmm. That is just some of the vile words people have spoken to those diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia. Your conditions do not define you. They do not determine your destiny. Hear me loud and clear. So what is ADHD? Let's start with that first. ADHD is a medical condition that affects a person's ability to focus, pay attention, or manage their behavior. Usually diagnosed in childhood, however, some people are also diagnosed in their adulthood. Dyslexia. So dyslexia is a learning disorder that involves difficulty reading due to problems identifying speech sounds and learning how to relate to letters and words, also known as decoding. Also called reading disability. Dyslexia can affect areas of the brain that process language and how important is language in every single day. What many of us don't know is that they have a unique set of superpowers. And our big question today is what are the benefits of having ADHD and dyslexia? Today, we have Michael David Roberts with us. Michael is a filmmaker and video coach. He got into filming back in 2012 when he met a very talented videographer called John Scotland. Michael left school in 2014 and furthered his education at West Cheshire College, where he studied acting and technical theatre. He has a successful video production company called Take the Cake Productions, and next year we'll be celebrating 10 years. 10! Michael produces video content and help people to grow using video on their smartphones. Michael, welcome to Success Talks. How is life treating you? It's very good. That has got to be the best introduction I've ever had. So I'm really grateful for that. What a, what a good start to the day. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Oh, you're welcome. It's always a difficult one to start with that because if people listen, they're like, <gasps> how dare she say that but (laughs) hooked (laughs) that's it no it's it was so accurate and um it was weird actually listening to it back as well because you kind of I think you forget how much you've done in your life you kind of just bury it don't you and then when somebody reads out your life you go oh yeah I've done all those things (laughs) so yeah it's really really good to hear it uh from somebody else Mm, yeah absolutely and in your article you mentioned that your teacher once said to you that you will not amount to much. How was it for you when you had to grow up with ADHD? Well, in fact, you still have it now, right? So what was it like going through that ADHD and dyslexia? Um, I suppose it was hard looking back. Um, At the time, 
I mean, I would, as a kid, I was very much, uh, you know, nothing ever bothered me. Uh, very much, uh, you know, water over a duck's back. You know, nothing ever seemed to phase me. And, you know, when people were being horrible, I just was like, why are they being horrible? I don't understand why, why is someone being horrible? Whereas I think most children would probably crumble under that pressure. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were times when, you know, I was bullied. But we've all been bullied at some point of our lives, whether it be our childhood, whether it be our teens or whether it be, you know, into adulthood or when we're, you know, old. You know, we can get bullied at any part of our lives. But I think it comes down to understanding that most of the time when someone bullies you is because they're either jealous or it's actually their own behaviours and it's their own lives that they're unhappy about is is why they they bully. Um so I, I kind of, I've always been somebody who has kind of just understood that I am a little different um, with my ADHD and my learning difficulties, um, my lack of focus on certain, you know, subjects in my life. Um, but I, I've never, ever let it be something that has stopped me wanting to do something. If anything, it's been the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And when you were saying about... Um for you uh being bullied being targeted I had the same thing being ginger I was the odd one out um but in my school uh those who had any learning difficulties or anything where they needed further support they were quite isolated away so they had this special room and then strangely they had a courtyard and the courtyard's in the middle of the school so as you walk around the school you can see uh these special uh kids but thinking about it now actually that was more like a target for them because they stood out even more compared to to the rest what was it like for you when people found out that you had ADHD and dyslexia did they treat you any differently I don't think so I mean I've always had a big bubbly personality anyway I I mean definitely uh, I was the the naughty kid and when you did the introduction um, I remember I was in primary school and I got expelled uh, from my primary school I was only there for about six seven months Um, and I then was statemented with ADHD and then I went to a a different school uh, that obviously catered for um, children uh, of a a certain ilk Um, but it was good really because it was it kind of put me in a place where I needed to be around other people who shared the same kind of issues and problems and uh, I always had a good heart I think there are from my own personal experience and people that I know with ADHD um, there are obviously two very different types there are the creative types that are loving and caring and then there's the more destructive uh, type of ADHD and thankfully I was very much the loving kind mm-hmm. um, and so I think for me I just push all that energy into positivity and you know even in my own life when I've either been going through a breakup or whether I've fallen out with a friend I've always looked for that positive turn on life and go well what's next what's that next positive step forward and turning that negativity into positivity whereas I think you know had I have been more of a reckless type of a ADHD um, person I probably would be the opposite way I'd probably want to cause more destruction and cause more issues for myself um, but again I think that comes down to personal mindset between individuals and characters and you know, how people are in general. Um, but my mum always 
and still does very much support me. If I've done something wrong, she will be the first one to tell me. And if I did something really, really, really wrong, um, she wouldn't support that. And she'd be like, no, this is not good. And you need to you need to own up for your, for your behavior. Um, but not every child growing up has a caring, doting parent that is there to look after you and make sure that they get you through a good education. I was in primary school when I was first statemented, I'd gone to a school in Chester. And then when I finished there, I went to um, another primary school uh, where I stayed there until I went to high school and they had a unit and it was at the back of a sports hall, this little unit that had been built onto the school. And um, I remember as a kid, there was boards on the, on the windows. I think they just had the windows replaced, but they had, they were just like boards. So there was no sunlight coming in Um and it just looked like it was nighttime all the time. And the the school at the time uh, were getting funding for people. I wouldn't say people like me, but, um, you know, children with, you know, ADHD, learning difficulties uh, or anyone who was statemented. Uh, we were getting uh, funding from the government to obviously give us a good education. Um, and I don't know how it happened because I was only young at the time, but my mum had found out that the mainstream school, the money was being spent on that and not us. So my mum stormed a governor's meeting. She literally stormed the governor's meeting and um, kicked off. And I think after that, the headmistress resigned. Um, the boards came off the windows uh, there was light in in the rooms yeah and and so I think from that moment on I think it it kind of made me realize that you know she my my mother's fighting for me to have a good education so I've got to use what I have to actually repay her in some respects and actually do something good with my life and actually make sure that her efforts weren't wasted so the money started getting spent on on our unit and we started getting sunlight and you know from there I went on to high school and I think life kind of mellowed out for me then but again there was another situation that I vaguely remember where they wanted me to go off to a boarding school and so this was when I was what 13 14 um not entirely sure what was going on but again my mum said no he's not going away he's staying here he's going to finish education in the high school with his sister um and again she she fought for me and I think it just reiterated that keep going keep focusing and keep doing as good as you can in school I mean my math class my German class um my English class I was in the lower grade classes and I just like to laugh and joke and sing and dance and uh you know it, it's crazy to think I'm that I was that person when mm -hmm. I look at myself now but I think I've always looked at situations in life and and I've always tried to learn from things I've always tried to learn and grow not a lot of people have the ability to do that so I, you know for every situation that happens in my life I always assess and go well how can we not do that again how can this situation yeah. not happen again um, there's the dog. I told you there'd be a Jack Russell. Um, so it was kind of, you know, when I left high school, I had this opportunity to further my education. And that was with going to college. So I then did acting and technical theatre. And then I started, I think that's when I noticed that my ADHD was actually being used. Um, my mindset was was more creative and more focused when I was doing the things I enjoyed doing. And then I look back at my high school days and go, well, I, I didn't like maths, didn't like learning a different language. 
Um, I do now, by the way, I love learning German now. Um, so I wasted all that time in high school. Um, but at the time I, I was, there was no interest in it. Whereas now I've matured. Um, I think the doctor, the doctor said that I, my, um, my age, my mental age is about seven years behind. Um, I don't feel that as much, but I suppose in certain situations, um, looking back over the last 10 years, maybe I can see where my, my, I've, I've finally caught up, but I don't, I don't really see any of it as a negative because I think now, obviously as a filmmaker and how I've built my business and filmed my own independent sitcom, I would not have been able to do that had I not have had a good education and an understanding of what ADHD was and overcoming those obstacles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you said that in your primary school uh, that you had this unit, even with having that support, was it even enough to fully support you? Was there uh, still misconceptions on your condition and what you actually need to flourish? I don't think so. I never had, I've never had a bad um, childhood. I never had my bad teens. I've always embraced life for what it is. Um, like I said at the start of the interview, um, water over a duck's back, nothing's ever phased me. I suppose now I'm a bit older, things phase me probably a bit more than they, they used to. Um, but maybe that just comes with age. Maybe that just comes with losing that inner child and that ability to not care what people think. Um, mm. I suppose when you run a business, uh, you are obviously more protective of it. Um, so I think, no, I had a very good education and I don't feel like... Um, I don't feel like I was kind of pushed back or felt like I didn't learn much. Uh, and then when I went to high school, I had uh, I had a support teacher that sat with me in classes. And I think she was just there to um, keep me to concentrate or to stop me from causing disruption in the room. It could be the second one, actually. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I had a great relationship with with her. Her name was Debbie. Uh, she literally, her brother lives across the road uh, from where I I grow up. So at Christmas, I used to go and see her and her family at Christmas. So we had a very close relationship. And I'm very grateful that she supported me, got me through education. So it's it's those people that were there for me that I am really grateful for. Mm, but they're not always there. And something that no. I witnessed is that uh, people would say, because as you mentioned about the focus part, they'll say something like, well, doesn't everyone lack focus sometimes? You just have to like push through it and just stay focused as if it was like that simple, but well, it's not that easy, right? It's interesting. I mean, even in this, in, I, I mean, I do, uh, interviews like this myself on my own um, platforms and I've not really noticed it as much but now we're obviously having that conversation about ADHD and attention since we have been speaking my mind's just completely gone off on one and I've just been somewhere else even to the point where I'm having a conversation with a friend about my camper van or talking and then all of a sudden I will start talking about something that happened last week my brain just switches and sometimes people go, where did you get that conversation from? We were talking about this. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> the brain just went. So, yes, people can lack concentration. And that can come down to many things. But my brain doesn't produce enough dopamine for me to focus. So it's like a goldfish. 
It's like Dora. Is it Dory <laughs> out of Finding Nemo? Very much that is ADHD. If, okay. You know, that is a visual representation of what ADHD is. It literally, I mean, you were talking and sometimes I've done it when I've interviewed people and I'm talking and I've just, my, I'm thinking of what I had last night for tea and whether I cooked it properly. And all of a sudden someone says something and you have to, you have to kind of engage and pick it back up again. And it's weird that I, ha- I didn't notice it was, it was still there until we, we are having this conversation and I'm homing in on that. But again, it's, I've grown up with it now and you know thankfully I knew at a very early age my condition whereas I've got friends who I work with in business who have only just found out in the last five years and they're like 40 odd and it's like that must be scarier or that must be harder whereas I've grown up with it and I've understood it and it is who I am whereas somebody finding out in adulthood I think it's probably a blessing it's probably good for them but I don't know I think I'd la- I'm glad I found out at a very early age. In the article you said about um, there's two ways that people can go. Mm-hmm. Either someone will say something like you won't amount to much um, or you're dumb or you're lazy. Those um, common words that have been thrown around. Uh, either when you've been diagnosed, you, you know your label um, and then work with it. Or you almost like retaliate and go, no, I'll show you and do something different. How has that shown up in your life? Well, I mean, you know, I filmed an independent sitcom set in a funeral directors. And I remember we wrote it in 2007, myself and a good friend. Um, and so I sent it to the BBC writers room and they just basically were like, no, nah, it's been done. And I was like, well, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. I think just because it's been done doesn't mean our story's been told. Everyone has a unique way of telling a story. Every single person on this planet has a unique way of telling one single story that is unique to them. So I thought, no. So I waited 10 years. The script stayed in an attic. And then obviously when I produced my, uh, my company, I thought, right, it's time to film my sitcom. And so I learned other skills. I learned other you know, ways of being a filmmaker because I'm, so, I'm self-taught as a filmmaker. I trained as an actor and I trained as a, a stage technician. And then I met a filmmaker and got into film. And I think with my ADHD, I spent hours just watching tutorials after tutorials after tutorials of how to colour grade how to do this, how to set lighting up, how to, you know. So for me, it's a continued learning. And because I am passionate about what I do, I can spend hours just researching and researching and researching. And it becomes, it's it's like a slight obsessive uh, thing as well, that when you love something, you just, your whole world, like my camper van, like I'm wearing a camper van top. Um, I have my own camper van. So most of my... Um, personal life is talking about my van going away in my van fixing my van putting new things in my van so it is a it I think to anyone who is in a relationship with me can find that maybe a bit if they don't understand ADHD and haven't been with somebody with ADHD I suppose that's probably been one of the reasons why some of my relationships have never worked but that's not because um because of me I think that's because people don't want to understand people don't want to take the time to to understand it because if somebody understood it they would embrace it mm-hmm. because there's so many amazing qualities that come with ADHD and it's that ability to to just be a caring loving doting affect affectionate person which you know how many people are in relationships that don't have 
those qualities so it's about just finding that person that that speaks your language and wants to understand your your language yeah yeah for sure so what you're talking about then is um when you say obsessive uh i say hyper focused so when yeah. you find that you really like you're really into it you'll be hyper focused yeah i mean I, you know there's clients that have messaged me and they've gone you know i've literally filmed a full day's uh filming and i've practically had it edited by the next day and they've gone, well, I, I wasn't expecting that. And I'm like, I know, but I was that excited to get it done. I wanted to do it. So I've, I've many of times I've been, I know I had a client in London where I'd go down to Camden, I'd drive down, I, I'd sleep there in the van, I'd do a full day's film and come home and I'd have it practically edited by the next day. Um, just out of a pure love of just wanting to do it. But it's good because then obviously the client's not waiting around for video. And I'm a very fast editor anyway, because I've been doing it 10 years. There's a lot of shortcuts that I use to speed up my time, um, which, you know, I'm proud to admit, because at the end of the day, time is money. And if I can do something really quick, then someone will hire me to do it again for them. So I love working with people. I worked in Starbucks for seven and a half years. I learned everything I needed to know about people. Um, I'm an actor. I know what it's like to be around people you've never met before. So my business is built on who I am as a person. So I don't focus on how to be the best business. I focus on how to be the best person because I want to work with people where I turn up to film. We have a laugh. We have a, we have a joke. And you know that when I go home, you're going to get your videos. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. I so think that's, that's the benefit there with the hyper-focus, but also the other benefit uh, is like your creativity, right? So those who have um, both dyslexia or uh, ADHD, are very creative people and actually we've seen a lot of like inventors created from it scientists because they can they can spot the odd thing out that mm -hmm. you know other people are unable to do just because it's their superpower um like data sets and things they go right well this is the issue solved it much faster than uh, those who don't have the conditions mm -hmm. yeah and do you know what with the dyslexia it does baffle me now because obviously I, I have got the odd person that will message you go, oh, you spelt this wrong, Mike. But you know what? I think in today's world, there are a lot of people that are dyslexic. And dyslexia is the one thing I've I've probably never really been that bothered about. In fact, I've never really been bothered about the ADHD, but I know now all I will say is if I'm sitting here and I'm editing a poster on, on um on Photoshop or if I'm doing some editing, I will just go, hey Siri, how do you spell sausages? And then obviously Siri, oh, they, there you go. So so the good thing about it is, is we have technology now that I can quickly ask my phone how to spell something and it does it. So it, it doesn't hinder me. And I don't feel bad for using technology to do something. It's like when I worked in a shop and I, I was really bad with maths. A till adds everything up for you. Why, why do I need to know maths? Because <laughs> I can use that energy elsewhere. So, you know, and, and the, the interesting thing I wanted to say is that, you know, I worked in Starbucks and I loved it. I was just a barista uh, with no responsibility, just make coffee and talk to uh, customers. Then I went uh, to Nando's, didn't like it, went back to a different Starbucks, but the only job was for a supervisor. And I had to learn, do books and this, that and the other. And I struggled. I really, really struggled with it. And I knew I would have struggled with it because it was very technical and I had to learn this, had to learn that. And there was people younger than me doing the job with ease. Now, most people would feel crushed 
under that situation. But I think for me, my main focus was, well, they can't film an independent sitcom. They can't shoot multicam setups. They can't color grade. They can't write a script and actually write humor. You know, they, you know, so it's, I could have got bogged down with, well, I can't do a simple job as being a, a, a supervisor in a coffee shop, but I can go out and film an independent sitcom that's been watched by 30,000 people. So, you know, it's focus on what you can do and yeah. don't care about what you can't do. And uh, we talked about this in uh, previous success talks. If you're looking at someone's strength, then all you're doing is highlighting your weakness. Mm-hmm. Don't do it that way. Just recognize your strengths. That's your superpower. Yeah, and if you have many of them and people don't have to understand it, it's just your way of doing it. But we need mm-hmm. different people in the world. We wouldn't be where we are today if we had everyone is the same. We just wouldn't. Exactly. And, you know, this is why, you know, I used to talk to my cleaners that used to be in, I used to go into school very, very early. I used to go into school at like half seven when there was nobody there and just walk around the corridors until everybody came in. Um, but, you know, I used to, I used to just go around talking to all the cleaners. I used to really enjoy just getting to know them and stuff. And, you know, they play vital parts. Bin men play vital parts. Cashiers play vital parts. Everybody plays vital parts. And that's why not everybody's millionaires with, you know with mansions because there'd be no one in the shops there'd be no one doing electricity there'd be no one telling the news so I think when you think about it we're we're all in this job doing what we do because it makes the world go round and everybody plays a key part whether it be a big job or a small job Um, and we all have something to offer there are people that just want to have a job in Sainsbury's there are people that want to push themselves to be a CEO in a big business we all have different ambitions and dreams you know but you can't take away um what they want to do in life my mom only ever wanted to be a receptionist and she loved it she did it all her life she worked yes. in many businesses as a receptionist and she loved it but she got to do what she wanted to do you know so it's uh, a yellow person that's someone that yeah. lives their truth and they own it like no one's watching they're like hell yeah this is what i want for my life i don't yeah. have to be this successful person when we say success in the terms of um they're working their way up a career ladder like it's it's not about that it's whatever you want it to be and feeling great about it 100 and i think life is so short you've got to just embrace good people in your life and i think you know if i sat here going oh the world's against me i can't write i can't read i can't focus well, on things thing, isn't it so if you went mm. down the route of well that's my label then that could limit you go well I can't concentrate so that means I can't do anything or you know you wouldn't try you wouldn't defy it but whereas you've gone someone said well you won't amount to much and it's like well I'm gonna show you yeah yeah and I think everything that happens in life we meet people for certain reasons and I know that my my um recent ex did say you know because I was getting quite anxious about something that was going on and um, she basically gave me some good advice and said well you know don't call it anxiety because the minute you label it that's what you've got just say that you feel a bit nervous and and you know so instead of labeling something and going oh no I've got I've got depression I've got dyslexia I've got it's just I struggle to write certain words that's all but I have technology that can fix that you know, and instead of, you know, I was great. I worked in Starbucks for seven and a half years and I absolutely loved it. Um, and doing the talking and making the coffee was was absolutely 
fine. What I did struggle with was cleaning, rotating food and making sure the dates were at the front and signing off deliveries. That's where I struggled. Whereas in my filmmaking world, all aspects of what I do is creative. So I love every aspect of it. The editing can sometimes be a bit of a, a nightmare, but I think that's just a nightmare for everybody. Um, <laughs> but I, I love what I do. I have a passion for what I do and I spend too much time on it. I mean, I, I think for every client I've had, I've always spent more time than I've actually budgeted for. But that's because I, it's a passion. It's not, it's not a job. This is not my job. This is a passion. I don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I finish when I want, I work when I want, I see who I want, when I want, unless we're in a lockdown. Um, But, you know, I I love what I do and I'm on this planet doing what I I, am meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. I get more time at home. I get more time with friends um, because, you know, I can literally spend two, three intense days working on something and getting it boxed off and done. And it's done then, you know. So I think that before uh, meeting you, I had my own thoughts of what ADHD and dyslexia meant. And so if I was given the label, I would have just accept whatever my thoughts were. Mm. But actually doing the research and challenging that, I realized there's so many benefits. Uh, we, we've said some already, but some that we haven't said is being like super energetic when you want oh, to- Oh, we have a lot of energy. Oh, just, yes. You're in it. It's like, you'll be great as a parent because then you can really interact with your children. You need a lot of energy for that. So that's a massive win. Mm. Uh, I also read being spontaneous, great for relationships, that whole like impulse, like, hey, let's go do this. But also for your own satisfaction. If you're like, okay, I want to go do this random thing. You'd just go on and do it. Despite if there was any fears um, or worries there, you'd just get on with it. But that comes down to somebody who understands that. Someone like yourself who actually will go, do you know what? I'm going to, if I'm going to date someone with ADHD, I'm going to, I'm going to fully understand how their brain works and figure them out. And then you probably have a a fantastic relationship with that person. But I I don't think in my own personal experience, people have ever, I've told people I've got ADHD and they go, all right, okay. And that's the end of the conversation. Even in my, in my last relationship, I've noticed that there was no willing to learn and understand how my brain works. And that was someone who did a lot of learning, a lot of, you know, online courses and a lot of research, but didn't want to take the time to research why I thought the way I thought. And, you know, but that person's out there, that person is out there who will take the time to just have a little look into it and go, ah, that's why he thinks like this. That's why he's cooking pancakes, but he's also trying to wash the dog at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's those kind of things. But Have you done that recently? No, do you know what? My mum said when I was a kid, she said, I'm just nipping the shop. What I want you to do is wash up by the time I get back. I was outside washing the dog with fairy liquid. <laughs> this isn't recent this was many years ago but she literally came back and went I said wash up but I ended up thinking oh no the dog could do with being washed the dogs never wash no one ever washes the dog so that's where my brain went so I ended up washing the dog that's pretty okay in fairy liquid (laughs) what would you say to someone who has um you know, even if they're a child or they've just been diagnosed with ADHD or dyslexia in their adulthood, what would you say? What advice would you give to that person? I would say best news ever. Let's go and get ice cream. Because, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think there are far too many people in this world that just see the world in a certain way. 
Um, I love the fact that sometimes I'm in a room and people just look at me and go, what are you, what are you trying to talk about? What are you, what's going on in your head? And I think that the joy of that, we need people like me who are just out there, you know, who'd have thought I'd have been buying a hearse on eBay after Christmas, going down to Essex, picking it up, driving back with one headlight and literally, you know, filming a sitcom and everyone just thought I was crazy but it takes someone with a certain mindset to just go I want to buy a hearse today and we're going to film the sitcom and it's going to be amazing you know and I've had so many people messaging me say how much it's actually helped them how much it's actually helped them cope with with losing somebody how they found humor in it and I just think for myself I just think yeah I'm definitely on the right track and there should be more people with ADHD. There should be more people with with learning difficulties. A hundred percent makes the world spin. Yeah. So based on what we shared today, what one key advice would you give to the listeners? Listeners being um, very broad, so not just like ADHD or have um, uh, dyslexia. What advice would I give someone with with uh, a condition? No, so the opposite. So what one key advice would you give to the listeners um, that's outside of those that's been diagnosed? Oh, to uh, people that don't have a condition. I would just say, you know, everybody has their own strengths. Everyone has their own superpowers. And I think it's, it's only when we truly understand somebody and how their brain works and how they tick that we can understand them. Um, I, a lot of people understand me. A lot of people take the time to understand me. Um, I wish sometimes other people would do that, but you know, you can't, you can't think of how they're thinking. You've got to think about how you think. Um, and I feel like I've just explained that in the most complicated way. <laughs> do you have any services products available to help the listeners to go to yellow? Yeah. So I have um, a camera confidence course, which will be out in the next week. And I also have a filming with smartphones and what that, what they do is it, it, you know, the camera confidence isn't just about being confident on camera. It's actually confidence within your life. It's confidence, you know, cause it, you know, whether you are, you know, a, you own your own business and you network a lot and you have to do 60 second pictures every week, having confidence and an understanding of mindset and perception will actually open up more doors, not just on camera, but in people, public speaking and being around other people. Um, we always think in our heads that people think a certain thing when we're on stage or when we're performing. An actor always worries about forgetting his lines, but the audience doesn't know what the script is, unless it's Shakespeare and you've got someone who's a Shakespeare fan. But yes, uh, nine times out of 10, they don't know what the script is. So therefore you can improvise. And most actors do improvise. You think that they always know their lines is because they're improvising because nine times out of 10, they forgot, but they work their way back to that next line for the next actor to pick up the line from that. So mindset and perception is a, is a big thing. And when you understand it more, that can help you in loads of uh, areas of your life. Mm, absolutely. Um, and how can the listeners get in touch with you? They can go to my website, which is takethecakeproductions.co.uk. Brilliant. Michael is available to support you, guide you and inspire you on a journey to yellow. Reach out today. Help is here. It's always here. But you must take the first step. Details can be found in the description. Michael, thank you for your words of wisdom today and in the Yellow Magazine. May your life 
Be yellow. Thank you very much for having me.